So you're listening to Morcone Island on WFMU. I'm your host, Evan Elevens, every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. playing the soundtrack hits. This week is no exception. We have special guests. We have the band leader of Tangerine Dream, Torsten Questioning. Thank you very much for having me. You are now the, the appointed successor for Tangerine Dream after the prolific long-time founder and uh, band leader for many years, Edgar Frosi, had passed away in 2015. How, how did you meet Edgar, and how did you become the anointed and appointed one? <laughs> Tangerine Dream was searching for a student technician and keyboard player and sound designer and pr- producer in 2003, and I was doing a lot of goth things in, in, in Berlin these days, playing gothic rock, gothic metal, and even black and death metal things and one of the guys in Edgar's office in Berlin was a singer of um, Superkumentas which is um, a goth metal band something and he knows me quite well because I was doing so many things it's not actually goth rock is fine but I'm not the metal guy I think it's decided to send three guys to Vienna in the studio the first contract was 14 days and now 20 years after I'm still here. You started kind of as a recording or both? Studio, um, like, like composing and um, working on th- these times. It was um, Divine Co- Co- Comedia. Um, it, it was an orchestra production and uh, I'm quite good in writing scores and now it's because of the classical... You, you have a classical background, yeah, right? Um, and so maybe this was my chance to, to yeah. do this, yeah. Were, uh, was violin your original instrument? Or? I played piano, violin, and flutes. Yeah. And after it, guitar, drums. When's the first time you've ever seen the name or heard Tangerine Dream? Were you aware of them growing up? In some ways, yes. So it was not actually my music I was listening to as a teenager, but uh, as a keyboard player and piano player, I always loved to read um, keyboard magazines and synthesizer magazines. And so um, I wasn't, so I, I didn't know the music of Tangerine Dream, but loved Edgar's interview because it was used because they were so edgy in so many ways and sometimes so over the top, like saying um, instruments with multi-modes are for people who can't afford the same instrument twice. And I read this and I come on, what a guy. <laughs> and it was, um, and this was great. So um, I had some greatest hits um, CDs, which is strange um, because there aren't official ones. So uh, probably we had bootlegs. Yeah. So, but, but I got a, a kind of a big package of CDs and albums um, before I met Edgar, and uh, to 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 just prepare and and yeah, it's fine. So it's, um, it's not so far away from my music. So I was very much in gothic rock and progressive rock and. Uh, things like that. So you weren't just playing piano; you were you were involved with synths and programming a little bit, and always, all, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, always. I was always playing with bands and 
the norm, normal band things like playing pads and melodies and piano. I don't like organ so much. Um, but um, so the good thing and bad thing in the same way. But good thing for Tangerine Dream maybe because I never programmed a step sequencer or did electronic music before. So everything I know now about electronic music I learned from Edgar himself over the last 14 years we're working with him together. I mean, it had to have been an incredible <laughs> apprenticeship, <laughs> you know, lear learning what he knows. from. So, so if you were searching for a teacher, why not choose the best? The best. Or, or otherwise, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The absolutely. pioneer, <laughs> the guy that started it all practically. Where are all the old Tangerine Dream synthesizers and Moogs and drum machines? Do they still exist? Like, are they warehouse somewhere? Or do you think they got sold off over the years? Or Edgar was never kind of a romantic collector of, of uh, instruments. And that's why even the 90s, where most bands had a problem with the 90s afterwards, because if you bought the new synthesizer, which all the new overtones and crystal clear sounds and bell-like sounds, um, it was very new. And it was a moment like, okay, now we have the instruments, we, ha we have we don't have to retune every two minutes. Um, but the problem uh, is from the s instruments of the 90s that these sounds were, uh, were sounding like dated the day after, right? Um, and that's a problem. But, but so he he sold a lot of so there are some since still in my studio from the eighties and seventies. But most of it is somewhere. Somewhere it should yeah. be in a museum in Germany somewhere, right in Berlin. Yeah, there's a, I think the mem uh, Mellotron is in Austria in in a museum. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So what about growing up as as a kid? You must have been seeing some of those films that uh, had tangerine dream scores did that resonate or did you kind of miss some more americanized films i guess the fun thing about legend is that probably you know this um there are two scores for legend and in germany it was a goldsmith uh, soundtrack so right. I, if, if i saw when i saw um legend i saw with a different soundtrack yeah i think thief it's it's a, a unbelievable great movie, Sorcerer. One of my both of my, two are my favorite of yeah. all time, really. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I mean both Thief and 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 both to me great, amazing movies. You know, I know like Sorcerer was underappreciated when it first came out. It's now garnered the respect I think that it deserved after the years and years and years. But I think the problem is with uh, Sorcerer that it uh, was released one week before Star Wars. Yeah. And it was uh, like overshadowing uh, everything uh, in that month of, of, of at least in for, such for some hype month. after The Exorcist too. You know, yeah. like so everyone's like, "What's next? What's next?" And then yeah. um, I think the critics wanted to pan it. <laughs> You've been around since 2003 to 2005 ish. Mm -hmm. Like you became official member on recordings in 2005. Yeah, so we right? started recording and composing music before because it was, I think March 2005 was the first album with um, music which I composed included. So we started in 2004 because, yeah, you have to yeah, compose it before. You must be the second longest member, I am. at least continuously. I am. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, uh, no doubt. Yeah. And over the years, so I know like there was a time, there's all the different periods and all that. So right now you're on the, the Virgin to Quantum tour, right? Yeah. That's what this, and you're only a few weeks in mm -hmm. of what's going to be, Three months, I guess, is yeah. what I saw. Yeah, yeah. There's one month stay um, North America, then one month in Germany, and then UK and Poland. Tangerine Dream really—they didn't really tour like 
this. I think it's the longest the tour ever. Yeah. So it's yeah, over it 60 concerts in one year. It's unbelievable. How many? Six? It's over 60. Yes, yeah. it's 65, six, around that. So maybe <laughs> it was a good <laughs> idea. So um, I think we have even two two weeks. So so over two and a half months to go on that yeah. trip. And uh, yeah, hopefully so it's going to be okay. With that name, it sort of references like the most well-known period, the Virgin period, the Virgin years, to quantum, which I guess is, is what we are, we're in now, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, this is our set. So we play a different set every every night. Yeah. And so we start in 74 with Phaedra because things composed before 74, like Atem, Zeit, uh, Meditation, um, Alpha Centauri, uh, is probably nev- was never meant to be reproduced right. because it was just the mood Improv. and the feeling inside the room. So it was, uh, you could write that down, but I think it was it would have no benefit to, to play that note yeah. by note. Yeah. So um, Fedra is the first um, album with a sequencer and that we, we can recreate on stage. So basically you're you're doing music, I guess, throughout all the years, uh, Le- leaning heavily on Virgin. So 74 until 86 yeah, or 87. And then we're skipping around, around 15 years, maybe more. Jumping and up. things are post-2005. Right. The, the soundtracks seem to kind of taper off, I guess, the 80s, the early 90s, stuff like that. Um, was that intentional, do you know? Or just the... The way the the film industry works, like the Tangerine Dream call, phone call wasn't coming in. So seventy eight is a different thing because there was no blueprint for electronic music. Surely there was electronic music in films, but after I think what was, was uh, Sherry Sophia was eighty three, wasn't it? The first Oscar for an electronic scored movie uh, was Vangelis, and and I think after that, most kind of film movie companies um, try to ask electronic musicians to score their movies because it was so successful with uh, with Vangelis. Plus, I guess, they, the, the thinking, too, is they don't have to hire big orchestras, right? Hire and pay. The thing was maybe overused to that point. Um, and not everyone is uh, Williams or Morricone. When, um, like, a friend of mine put out, and I rewatched it recently, I remembered as a child, Heartbreakers mm-hmm. has a company in the United States called Fun City Editions, and they reissued Heartbreakers, mm-hmm. which is kind of an over, it's kind of a great film, watching it many years later, and a really great kind of overlooked score, it's something I want to listen to more and more and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, rediscover. I was sort of wondering, like, did any of those really early Tangerine Dream German film soundtracks do they ever get repurposed or reissued or released properly is there anything in the like vampira yeah 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 uh, i've never seen of it yeah Yeah, i want to it's in the internet on um i think it's vdr which is just a german um, tv station official public one and it's on the the internet um in the mediatek it is a right word even in okay in, in, in the archive yeah yeah but the, uh, no sound, formal soundtrack came out or anything for that? Not really. It, does it exist? Like, is there someone who yeah, maybe could clean it up and put it out? Oh, there's so many troubles with copyright situations. So um, it's like, so I, I did something for Lots of Chaos, the uh, um, uh, movie about Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Jim Hornum was the guitar player of Mayhem, was a big Tender Dream fan, and um, his favorite album was um, The Park is Mine. 
Right. And yeah. <laughs> the, and there was no chance to find the right copyright. Um, so it was a movie company was bought by another movie company, bought by another, and there was no chance to find who who's owning it. So um, to put it in the film, the doc. Yeah, yeah. So they asked me to um, re-record it note by note. Oh. To use it inside the movie, yeah, so and then it's fine. You can re-record things. Yeah, they, I, I do. Rec- I read that book and then the doc afterwards. Yeah, it was a wild story, and that's right. They were Tangerine Dream fans, which is goes against all the. I guess makes sense in a way, you know. But um, um yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I think there's sometimes for maybe. Okay, but maybe this is totally wrong. What I'm saying now, because there are no good or bad reasons to love music like the guy from Bozum had a kind of a love for German-esque Wagner-esque music and uh, heard something like Wagner and Klaus Schulz and Tender and Dream okay so so every fifth is is Wagner and you can also hear like movie themes from Knight Rider which is very much Wagner uh, but okay, but if that's the reason you love the music, because I'm not sure, but um, this was one of the points of them. So I'm, I'm now Attila quite well from the singer of Mayhem. I have a project with him as well. He sings um, also with Sun, the, uh, the doom metal band, yeah. Yeah, well, but you, just because you think back in the 80s and 90s, like everybody was so like, I'm punk, I'm metal, I'm goth, I'm new wave, I'm, you know, like everything went. Or, Skyboy, like everything was so compartmentalized, and then I think with the internet, now yeah. everybody's into everything and has access to everything. But yeah. so maybe even f- what you said, probably maybe even for the background of Tender and Dream, it was a very Berlin underground. So there's a, it's a band that going from Berlin underground to Hollywood to somewhere as the same band. It's yeah, that's very strange and good in, in so many levels. I saw you personally. In 2018, it scored a horror film called Cargo. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Is that something you want? You'd like to do more of, like either by yourself or with the whole band? I'm doing a lot of documentary stuff for German television as you well. Are. Yeah, things and yeah, series and documentaries. Sorry, um, they're showing kind of 10:30 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. About different things, but I'm doing this quite well, and I, I love doing this. I had a band called Picture Pass Music doing um, live scores and um, um, albums for um, silent movies, and we, we did things like Faust, Caligari, Metropolis, Nosferatu, things like that. How do you decide what is going to be a personal project versus Tangerine Dream, if like for the future, if say a scoring opportunity comes in or? Sure, I'm, I'm I'm love doing this. So um, uh, there's totally different approach of making music because um, and then, uh, if you record or compose an album, the music stands for itself. And uh, in a good situation, a soundtrack should be composed to serve the mu- uh, movie. And um, and I think I'm, maybe I'm have a very old approach, um, even to hit the cut. With with bars and with with hits inside the music, so I'm not the biggest fan of just licensing music and just put it over something. Right. So you want to work with the scenes and everything. Yeah, I want to compose the music for the movie. Because I haven't heard Cargo. I'm going to eventually watch it, watch and, and listen yeah. to it. Is that less electronic? 
or less synths and stuff and more comp- some um, some real s- string quartets in it but most of it is is um, electronic including many samples so it was winter time in in, in um, berlin germany and um i went to a kind of a strange place where, where all, all cargoes and containers stands like 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 and, and was hammering all night on old containers to to play the beats on it and um, because there was snow, everything uh, everywhere you had no reflections, which was a good sound. And there was kind of a, a security guy on the first day, but av- after the long-haired <laughs> black where guy came for th- on the third day, hammering on cargoes <laughs> all the night, I think we had respect for each other in the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he didn't ask me what, what, what are I you was doing? doing. Yeah. So you were around the period like when um, Stranger Things came out. What what were your and Edgar's thoughts? I mean, the music is so derivative of Tangerine Dream. Mm. Not to say anything in a bad way, but I mean, yeah, I think it's yeah. obvious. Yeah. I think they would say that. I mean, they've been on the show. So the fun thing is, um, in that um, time, Ulrich Schnauz were in the, as well in the band, and um, there was between three or four con- concert dates, and it was just a day off in Berlin, and we, we um, binge-watched um, Stranger Things <laughs> for the first season, and so okay, that is very close, and um, go out to the... Um, truck and get some mokes and some profits and re-recorded the theme your own theme no their theme oh. yeah to destroy the space-time continuum yeah and it worked quite well <laughs> so we, we expected things like um being jamaikovich-esque things that everyone runs around with edgar's face after no no sorry, sorry. um but the fun is um from the two of us we uploaded it into soundcloud and there is two versions one is called without glitch because it was very bad internet and <laughs> the nightliner and so if um and the fun thing is um i think we had more clicks than the original one because uh, even the rolling stone magazine us got on the front page of their of, of their home page of, of the star page wow um, the link to Tender and Dream are covering a very, not sound, a little bit sound alike theme. Yeah. But to, 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 we get, get along quite well. So they were playing in Prague um, for some years and was, they were survive, they were searching for ARP 2600 and they, they got mine from Berlin for, for the concert. So you've befriended them in any way? It's just um, writing. And then the keyboard is he's a Finnish guy who, who was then then the runner for that day and just drove like mad from Prague to Berlin, which is uh, yeah, seven hundred yeah. kilometers something and, and back with the ARP two thousand six. I have to assume that that's introduced Tangerine Dream to a younger generation. Like p- people that are curious that love survive are gonna see the influence and go, Oh, there's this band from the seventies on, the late sixties on. Um it must have kind of I think that and GTA Five were probably the biggest impact for for younger audience. Yeah. So we did thirty five hours for GTA Five. Right. The the video game. And and there's so many young people who are listening to Tender and Dream probably for mo- more than a year, <laughs> not knowing. And it. <laughs> then the name it appears twice. So in the first thirty seconds, and then when you finish the all missions, sometimes when we are playing two tracks of GTA Five. Normally, yesterday only one, but today we're going to play two. And uh, the fun thing is to see the faces of younger people. So with 192 sold copies, so there is a good chance that they, everyone 
played it once, yeah? And um, we'd be playing the navigation system music. If you press pause in, in the game to, to just um, press, so I, I want to go to that place inside the game, um, that theme is um, in our live set. And you see in the faces, I know this melody is so well. So probably they listen for it, to it for, for weeks. <laughs> the current record you're on, Realm, Realm, Realm yes. which is kind of a continuation from an EP before, right? Yeah, it's, Realm means space and room at the same time. as so many meanings for the word Realm in, in Germany. It's still is Edgar's uh, melodies on it, but um, even the the um, Quantum Gate was, I think, six years before, maybe five, uh, yeah, around that. Um, and software uh, um, like Melodyne is, was so educated. Uh, progressed in so many ways so on, on quantum gate we used edgar's schedules and sketches and and arrangements to play kind of horizontal horizontal wise or vertical wise so play over it or compose a intro or outro to that part and and realm we could use his melodies using the software which is if was possible five years before, no problem, but um, now you can't hear it, so you can change every, um, the root key to another key, you can change single notes to slightly different melody, you can change the tempo that no one would recognize that it's not meant to be in that arrangement, so it's like he's there and playing on, on our compositions, instead of Quantum Gate, where we played melodies on his chords. So like tonight, we'll be hearing him, in a sense, like a track that no, I think this is not good. But on the record, yeah. So, so he's not. So it's very strange to use melodies like in in, in playbacks from people who are not there. I think it, it feels wrong, at least for me. So in, in a live setting. So no, no, I, I wouldn't do this. So, so, um, so I I sampled the sounds and we play this. How'd you do? Is it still very improvisational, like in the early days? Um, not the first 90 minutes. In the first 90 minutes, it's called like a main set, and it contains the yeah music from 74, oh, yeah. 80s, and 2000 on. And then after the main set, um, we play a real-time composition for 20 minutes, sometimes 60, 120, as long as the curfew allows. And um, this is completely free. So um, we're trying to find the resonance uh, frequency of the room um, which or the, or the venue which slightly differs when people are inside but um, but but you find the wood of the bar shaking at, at one key and this is the key we play in and um, even the size of the ceiling and, and it's very important to to have to, to know the early time of early early re reflections um to make the room pumping so sometimes the room is b better pumping in 96 bpm than in 102 or 80 right so today is 89 which is a very strange bpm so you're cognizant of each bpm for yeah yeah you yeah, you you found the because we're using many delays and echoes and, and everything and um when the size of the room um even um morph into that tempo it's it's, it's great like we ca we came in i think you were playing Something from um, Risky Business, like was it Love on the Love on the Real Train or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I was playing, yeah, fun melodies. But then it really kicked in after, like you played something else, and it was like you could really feel it in the room. It sounded great. Yeah, this this was um, the pre preparation for the session, so where everything there's no single thing 
on 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 the machine. Right. Um, even so, I'm, I'm, to be honest, sometimes the beats are MIDI is is sometimes uh, an evil thing because to synchronize everything. So we have uh, I think six different clock lines, and to get everything in sync. And and the problem is with iPads and um, special um, Apple computers, um, the latency is very related to the temperature of the core. So the the, the computer itself um, um, changes the gigahertz rate of the processor yeah and so it could be that on the soundtrack i have you have a latency of let's say 12 milliseconds and then it's gonna be hotter or someone turns on the bands and on and the climber things and um and after it you have has 30 milliseconds and you will hear that and drum beats very much that there's 20 millisecond gaps so we can rearrange every single midi string so this may be too early but I'm okay but well, I'm, so, so maybe just cut it out <laughs> so um it, it starts after two bars so i can um, even move things in the future and the past but which is normally not possible if you just start it but if you um it, it started after two um bars i can move it is a future and um, say no okay I think the computer is now doing 30 milliseconds and I can say well that string has minus 30 milliseconds to have everything in, in sync hopefully it's also going to be different when all the people are in the seats right a little bit soaking up a little bit of that reflection it's or? temperature is yeah it's, it's rising so you come in and do physics before you start your sound check <laughs> you're like doing your sizing of the room and yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, we're just trying it and 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 kind of f try to find the sweet spot of the room. Also, I don't want to forget that there's two other touring members with you. Yeah. Hoshiko ya Yamane. Yeah. Hoshiko Yamane. Yeah, Yamane. Yeah. And she's on violin primarily and yeah, some electronics. A, yeah, it's a five-string violin, so it's a viola violin at the same time. Oh, wow. Um, and Ableton uh, live as well, and she's doing Ableton. strange effects. And um, uh, everyone has uh, we have three Ableton computers oh, on okay. the stage, and uh, there are some fun um, effect p uh, pedals that can tra uh, transform the um, signal of the violin to a mellotron or a solina string, which normally meant for guitars, but it works much better with a violin because uh, yeah, the um, even the signal is more steady than the guitar of the bow. Yeah. Going. When, and Paul and Frick. Paul Frick, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's he, what's his role? He's um, the second keyboard player. And we all compose things, and he's an unbelievably good piano player. Known from um, the uh, music university in the last decade of the last century, nineties. <laughs> yeah. And um, he's from band or something like that, or no? He's from Berlin as well, but, but um, he, he has ba uh, really a successful big band called Brandpower Frick. Frick. Frick is his last three names. They were big in the 90s? Or, no, or now. more recently? Or now, no, currently? No, yeah, yeah. In Germany? Yeah. yeah. I think worldwide. So, so there was some YouTube videos with over 1 million clicks. Yeah. So he's um, the newest member, technically. Yeah. yeah. And, and mm -hmm. Hoshiko is, um, is since 2011 or something. Yes. I read, right? Yeah, 12 years now. Okay. That's not, if there's anything else you know on the horizon and you want to. Another record coming out. I you, I know you guys are prolific <laughs> record producers. <laughs> so they will absolutely. We start composing the new album probably in March, February. So we come back on the Sunday before the first of Advent. 
So maybe we have four weeks. <laughs> so I like the others very, very much, which is which is very, very true. Yeah. And we're gonna see us on on new um, like on on Christmas Eve at, at my home. So that's why that's how we we live together. But maybe three weeks without seeing each other <laughs> is good after three months in in in, in a tour bus. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then we start composing the new album and. Um, the first tour is, uh, I think, March, April. It's like uh, South Europe, like it Italy, Spain, Greece. What are the official numbers of how many how many studio albums, how many albums total, and and film soundtracks has the band done over the years? Do you have any idea? So official uh, members, which is not founding members, but founding members are were gone in uh, beside of Edgar, uh, I think, in 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 summer '67. It was a um, crowd rock psychedelic band w with a singer. The and ones and uh, yeah, and they they, they covered um, uh, Doors numbers and all Floyd um, and met Salvador Dali and all that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's over twenty, and there are uh, over one hundred fifty albums, maybe one hundred sixty. So if if you every compilation uh, live album, is it, it would be probably two hundred something, Jeez. maybe three hundred. I have no clue. But um, studio albums. 100 140 more than 100 definitely and then there's all the live all the compilations all yeah. the remixes yeah and then films are like 50 to 60 somewhere in mm -hmm. there right yeah. that's what yeah. i've read yeah which is incredible if you have any amazing film anecdotes i mean i know like edgar almost passed on risky business because who are these people and why are they being so awful or whatever right <laughs> in the film in the yeah you know that's true. And some of that music was like repurposed from before, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That's true. But I, I, I mean, I just like, I just adore the soundtrack to Sorcerer. I mean, mm -hmm. um, and same thing with Thief and mm -hmm. and all that. But um, so, to be honest, there's a meeting tonight. Yeah. Yeah. About a film related. Yeah. Huh. Good to hear. Yeah. All right. So and and have a look for strange German documentaries with my name on it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Maybe we'll do in the. I'll, I'll pester you when you have some downtime, which probably never will mm -hmm. happen because you don't have downtime. <laughs> December. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but thanks for your time and and really excited to see this. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks to Torsten and Bianca Frozzi, Edgar's wife, for helping uh, arrange the discussion. And uh, go to tangerinedreammusic.com for the latest concerning the band and see whether or not this three-month tour goes anywhere near you.